Have you ever heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child? Whether mothers do a village's share of caregiving or receive help from family, friends, or community partners, these hardworking women are the backbone of our society. And we at the CCG are proud to talk with part of that village. Our guest today is Kelly Shepard Watts from Trinity Wellness Community Outreach. She's joining us to discuss her amazing coaching program for local working single mothers. Hello, I am Lacey Ritter, Recruitment and Project Development Coordinator and Assistant Professor in the Sociology Department, and this is Against the Grain. Today's episode focuses on one of our community partner portraits. These outward-facing episodes give glimpses into the lives of community partners, see what amazing work they do every day, and the ways we at the CCG and Wingate University can help. Our speaker today, like I said, is Kelly Shepard Watts. We are so excited to discuss all the amazing work she is doing to help families in and around Union County. But before we get to that, let's start with some fun facts to help our listeners get to know you better. So who is the person, dead or alive, that you admire most in the world and why? I would say it's actually my grandmother. Um, I'm the oldest of six grandchildren, and even though like we grew up in an era um, that families really didn't tell each other that I love you, but my grandmother, and we all think the same thing, like I wrote a poem um, for her uh, to recite during her, her um, wake called a grand, you know, in quotes, uh -huh. mother, because she was someone who, again, like I said, didn't say I love you, but you felt it, you saw it. Um, she always wanted to have us, you know, with her and spend time. So, you know, various weekends we were with her, we vacationed with her during the summer, then that expanded to Halloween, and she was big about family, because she, com because she comes from a time period where people would just drop by your house, you know, so you always had to have food available <laughs> so you can cook and entertain. And um, so she, even though she was the serious sister, she's one of eight and um, oh, wow. one, the middle of three girls, she was the serious one. Mm -hmm. um, the oldest one was the, the prankster and the youngest <laughs> one was the jokester. And she was the stuck in the middle, sandwiched in the middle as the, um, as the serious one. So she, um, she liked to, you know, have fun. We would listen to music, and I remember her um, dancing and singing, you know, little songs. She used to sing a song um, saying, do the hucklebuck, do the hucklebuck, and um, just teaching us different things, how to cook. She worked for our um, New York City transit system for well over 40 years. Oh, cool. And so she was great, great, great at financing and budgeting it was amazing knowing that what her salary probably was and the things that she was able to do in life she traveled often we like I said we um, spent uh, vacations with her Christmas oh my gosh Christmas Eve was the big to-do at her house um, she raised her children in Canarsie Brooklyn which was largely an Italian community and then thereafter in an Italian and Jewish community she was one of the first black families that lived in this housing community and so we ate a lot of Italian food <laughs> growing up and so we did Italian Christmas on Christmas Eve awesome. and so it was all always fish and seafood and we would come back with giant um, garbage bags full of toys and things oh. so we just never understood like how did grandma do it how did she save all this money and budget and um, and just having those great times with her and then I've lived with her off and on all my life my mom was a little bit of a gypsy <laughs> and so oftentimes I was actually born in Alabama because my father was military okay. and so at the age of two we moved back to New York so we landed at my grandmother's then my parents unfortunately divorced, a separate and divorce. And so in the first grade, back at my grandmother's, uh, we moved to North Carolina in the fifth grade. My mom didn't like it, came back, <laughs> lived at my grandmother for a year. And then in my senior high school, from that point on, I lived at my grandmother until I moved out. And so she that's why for me, she really is a grand and quote mother. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She sounds amazing. Yeah, she was wonderful. It's, and when she passed, it was like I she passed at 72, 72, same age my mom just passed as, and I, but I was preparing myself, you know, because I'm like, I know that, um, you know, she's probably not going to live much longer, even though her mother lived to 100. 
But my grandmother was a smoker, and so she had some respiratory issues. My mom, the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so when she passed, my mom actually was diagnosed with lung cancer. Uh, um, I'm sorry, was diagnosed with breast cancer the month before. Oh, wow. And she, my grandmother was diagnosed with leukemia, and then my stepmother was diagnosed with lung cancer. That was all in three months. And so my mom was going through so going through her surgery because we had all three family members in three different hospitals in three different locations oh my at the same time. And so as the oldest grandchild, I had to step in when my mom just, that was the first time I ever saw my mom break down. And she was like, I just can't, I can't. And being the only daughter, she was, I said, okay, got to make sure grandma is sent off properly. So for a long time, like my grieving process, it took some time, and so my sister sent all of us a beautiful picture of her, and um, she had us in her office. I was like, oh, no way, can't do that. <laughs> and so now it sits in my sunroom, and so now I can finally, like, I can look at it without bursting into tears or anything like that. But now that my mom has suddenly passed in December, which we think is due to COVID-19, um, but so early that they weren't even testing for that, yeah. that, that, that part is still hard. So now I could... Really, I could look at my grandmother and I talk to her at times, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, grandma, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> but for my mom, I could think about her, but I can't really, too, you know, can't really focus in on her. And I'm, I can glance at her pictures, but I can't really, like, now that my, I can't put her picture up. So, like, yeah. my grandmother's up and my sister, my daughter and my nephews and stuff. But I'm like, nope, 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 can't do that yet, you know. But it would be my grandmother. She was just, she was a, an amazing person and just had such, um, she just contributed to her community so much that we have so many fake relatives, I guess you could call it. <laughs> you know, so many families that we consider aunts and uncles and cousins and things, and they were just family friends, you know. That's so great. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, so she's someone that I definitely, like, if I had the opportunity to speak to someone one more time, it would be her, spend some time with her. I would love to speak with her, too. She sounds marvelous. <laughs> so cool. Mm -hmm. And a great cook. Ooh, Ooh even better, because mm -hmm. I'm terrible at cooking. So. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, question two. If you were quarantined for at least two weeks with two different celebrities or famous people, dead or alive, who would you choose and why? I I would say um, one person that I really admire is um, Ava DuVernay, uh, as the film as a film producer, African American female. I think that her way of creating a story and um, conveying that story in such a unique manner. Um, and just the fact that she is, um, almost like for me, if I had to visualize it, I'm a visual person, she would be like a, a rhinoceros. Like she is just roaring through the crowd, meaning the industry and just knocking, you know, knocking the barriers out the way. And I think that is so amazing. And she's done such a phenomenal job. I don't think that I've seen anything that she's, um, produced or written or whatever that um, I don't like, you mm -hmm. know, and that she is um, contributing to actors um, their opportunity to be successful and to play various kinds of parts. Um, I would love to just have a conversation and just from a business sense too, like how did what made her start, you know, her 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 career, and then just um, how long did it really take her? Like just those particular questions. How long did it take her? to really start to work in her gift and to become noticed and make the contacts in an industry that has not been the easiest for African-American and, and women as a whole to, um, uh, to just, just succeed in. Mm -hmm. I would love to just have that kind of conversation with her. Um, the other would be Master P. Um, I'd love everything business. Mm -hmm. You know, I like when I travel, it takes everything out of me not to go to a newsstand and to buy, <clears throat> excuse me, like, like, um, Inc magazine or Forbes or any kind of, you know, business magazine. And cause I don't really keep those subscriptions cause I probably would not do what all my other daily things. <laughs> if I had a subscription was sit and read those things often. But, um, 
I'm just always amazed at what people are doing and just their level of creativity. Um, so for him to come from the hood of Louisiana, New Orleans, and to create an empire where it started out in music and then it went to books and then it went to real estate and <clears throat> now films and clothing line and then working with his son that would be such a conversation because I have um, a daughter who'll soon be 25 and um, she's my millennial even though I just found out she's not technically a millennial oh. she's one year short of being a millennial she's actually okay. um, a Gen X Cool. A gen, gen, a gen Z. Yes. Gen, she's a Gen Z. Oh, wait, maybe she's a Gen Y. Is a there gen a middle y? one? Yeah. I don't I was remember. looking up a chart, and they, there's all kinds of weird, goofy yeah, things. Yeah, they change all the time, depending <clears throat> right. on who you ask. So everything pertaining to business ideas and things like that. And she has a, an associate's degree in web design and um, graphics, and then a bachelor's in communication. Cool. I mean, yeah, a bachelor's in communications. So I share all my business ideas with her, and the way he works with his son, Romeo, and to see their relationship build and grow, I would love to have that conversation Conversation because I just think that, even though she's a couple years younger, that that's where that population, that age range, whatever it is, Z, X, Y, <laughs> whatever, millennial, um, that's the way that they're moving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not how, like, my grandmother worked 40-something years for transit or someone else. Like, I have a high school friend. She worked, I think, 30 years in at Verizon. Mm -hmm. People are not doing that anymore. It's three to five years. Lucky if you get them to stay that long and they're moving on. Or people are, you know, like in this pandemic, I've been reading so many articles of women who within months, of, you know, that they've been you know, quarantine, that they've created businesses and have doubled, tripled, quadrupled their incomes or or have seen revenue that they've never seen before. So to be able to have a conversation with a mogul like that and to get a sense of how did he stay focused, because that's a huge thing. How did you stay organized? How did you build your team? I actually have a friend who is his East Coast security person. Awesome. So when back in the day when his brother... Um, um, you, I think I don't know. I think he's incarcerated. But when his brother was one of his artists, um, Romeo, when he was younger, um, when Romeo wrote his first book, he and they and he had his book signing in New York. My friend had the um, was in charge of the security team and everything like that. Um, went with them to see one of the Super Bowls in Dallas uh, one year. So to how do you, how do you do all of that and not be overwhelmed? And working night and day I mean I'm sure he's probably in the beginning worked numerous hours but then how do you get to a point where you back you get able to back down and relinquish those roles to other people um, and create that wealth because I would love to have that opportunity to create generational wealth not just for my daughter and I but for my nieces and nephews godchildren extended family the community yeah. and because he gives back to community largely um, it definitely, he would be another person that I would love to talk to. That sounds amazing. Mm. You have quite the talented <laughs> dinner party COVID evening oh, going yeah, on right? here. So <laughs> I'm sure you'll have amazing businesses after that two weeks. <laughs> oh, right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So. Let's get started. Kathy tells me that you're originally from New York and have many different experiences in the nonprofit world. Would you tell us about some of your most memorable adventures or experiences? Hmm. Well, I started out in foster care. Um, I worked in foster care for five years. We never do that work ever again. <laughs> um, never. People used to always ask me, um, isn't that hard work? How do you do it? Now, thank God I didn't do removals, like, you know, remove children from their, the care of their parents mm -hmm. and put them in foster care. I worked with them, of course, afterwards, and I started in kinship care. So family members uh, raising, you know, children in their family, mm -hmm. and they went to regular foster care. Um, so I worked in foster care, uh, preschool intervention, mental health, community organizing, uh, adolescent services, and then now coaching for single moms. Um, I guess I would say... When I was about 23 or so in my, in my first apartment, 
um, God gave me a vision of myself. Probably not even to this day. It was, I looked a little older. And um, um, I, I used to be very shy. And so I, um, I thought someone was in my apartment. I woke up and I saw this figure. And so I jumped up and I realized it was me. And um, at that time I had, I wore my hair long and straight. Um, the vision of me, I had um, locks. I looked very regal, very confident, and I was on stage speaking. And so I got very upset and I just started crying. And I'm like, God, how am I going to get from here to be that become that person? And in 2011, I moved to Charlotte and I said, okay, God, this, this, I need some changes in my life. And I don't mind working a nonprofit, but I'm worn out from working with people in high risk communities. And I had always worked with people in high risk communities. I want to work with people um, where we're not crying because of the devastation of their situation, but because of the joy that they're experiencing of the changes of their lives. Mm -hmm. And so when I look back, the first, um, the jo my, my job in mental health was this, basically the start of my, um, where God has, where God showed me, showed me I was going to become, and I worked for a woman and she, um, was, she called me. I didn't even remember applying for this job. And at the time, my ex-husband apparently sent my, my resume out. And the whole while on the conversation, on the phone call, because I lived in Connecticut at the time, and this was back in New York, and we were, we, we were relocating. She's convincing me to come in for an interview. I'm trying to convince her I'm not qualified. <laughs> and then I said, okay, Kelly, you have to shut up and just go to this interview. This might work because I had applied to over 200 jobs. People were offering me jobs in foster care over the phone, sight unseen, phone interview. And I was like, no. And so went with went to meet her, got the got the um, did well in that interview. Actually, I had a second interview with her boss, and what got him was I recognized his voice um, from our phone call. And he was coming down the hall, so I got up to greet him, and I sh stood out and shook my hand. And he was like, "How did you know it was me?" I said, "I remember your voice." He was like, "We spoke for five minutes," and I said, "Well, I remember your voice." Mm -hmm. And he just stood there looking at me. He was like, "Are you kidding me?" He was like. All right, just come on. So it was a great five years working there. It, we worked with um, youth and adolescents who had extreme behavior disorders, and they were on the verge of being removed from their home and going to live in a long-term residential treatment facility. Mm -hmm. And um, just amazing work. But my director, that director, got promoted three months later. Oh. And it was just me. It was her, myself, one other coordinator, and the secretary. And we were the program was expanding rapidly. And but then she got promoted. So she asked me, did I want to go to these different community meetings, go up to Albany to these meetings quarterly? And I was like, sure. I, and the other lady didn't want to go. And she wound up leaving because they didn't make her the director. Oh. So it was just myself and the secretary. So that was the start, because as shy as I was, I had to present every community meeting and I had to attend six a month. Oh, wow. I had to present who we are, uh, who we were. And um so that helped me to gain my voice. And so much so that in trainings, I always sat in the, I started sitting in the front. In college, back of the room, <laughs> you know, sitting there doodling, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I started sitting in the front of the room, volunteering, you know, for little icebreakers and things. And, um, or to present or work on projects. And um, so when I moved to Charlotte, I realized that that was the, the beginning. That was, I, that was my starting line. And every place and position I've had since then has prepared me to what I'm doing right now. And um, for Trinity Wellness Community Outreach, the program that I created is actually my own program I created for my personal coaching business. And so in nonprofit, it's just, it has been amazing hard work, but it has also shown me that I have the ability, and I think that was also part of God's message that I was doubting myself, you know, because I was so shy and, you know, introvert. Um, but I desired to be so different. I want to have friends around the world. I want to experience different people. Being in New York, there's over a hundred and something different nationalities, languages, culture. So that was the beginning of that path for me. And it's really coming to a place 
being here mm. with you guys here um just showing me like all those little things that i learned back then and being in the nonprofit industry and working with community in the community and people from different parts of the community political areas clergy um residents business owners it has just been um an amazing walk and i'm able to utilize all of that um experience in what i'm doing now that's great mm-hmm well, getting into what you're doing now, tell us about your time working with Trinity Wellness. Um, again, how did you get involved initially with this organization? Mm -hmm. When did you start and what's that been like so far? Okay. Some of those best memories. So um, Trinity Wellness Community Outreach started in December of 2016. And um, it, it is run by Keisha Barnes, two founders, Keisha Barnes and Victoria Westfield. Um, at the time I knew Victoria, I'll just, vaguely, vaguely. Um, she is one of the best friends of Keisha Barnes and they have Trinity Wellness Community Care, okay. which is the sister for-profit company and that's a peer support program for adults with mental health and substance abuse challenges. And um, so she asked me to join the board and I, I was already on another nonprofit board. I was like, I don't know. But that's my friend, and um, I'm actually her grandson's godmother. Awesome. So I said, you know what, I want to be involved. And it's hard for me when it comes to helping and serving people, it's hard for me to say no. <laughs> and so um, she was bringing other people on as directors, and I was like, no, I want to be a director. She was like, no, but I need a secretary. And I was like, I don't want to be a secretary. But everyone knows that I'm like a deep note taker. I'm the <clears> same. <throat> I'm the designated note taker yes. of everything. <laughs> and we both we both had joined our the same church at the time at the time when I first moved to Charlotte. And um I was like, okay. And so we went through our board training that February twenty seventeen and we were just supporting other nonprofits and particularly the Help Center of Monroe and um uh we had a we would we would take on a family for Christmas and attend their gala and so forth. And we were creating some other opportunities for the team to support the Help Center of Monroe. And then they decided that they really need to kickstart activities based upon the mission. And the mission was different in the beginning. Um, and so then they asked me to become the executive director because I was the only board member that had nonprofit experience. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. And so it was, Interesting because I'm like, okay, I work at a career college, you know, I'm at a certain point where I'm gaining some tenure. I was there six years, and I loved work. And my first time working with adult students, so I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I'm like, okay, this is coming up at this time of my life, and they're really serious. So let me just jump ship and do it, you know, because um, the only other career. Um, uh, leap that I took in that sense was when I left New York. Mm -hmm. I left New York and came to Charlotte with no job. And I didn't tell my family until like 30 days before I was leaving. <laughs> my father didn't even know until I got here. Nice. And so um, I came on board and just took her vision. I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And at first it was going to be a case management program. And I said, oh, I don't know. I want it to be different. And I really want to just play on the, the strengths of the women to empower them and get them motivated and inspired to, you know, achieve their goals because I had someone at my church that did that for me. And so I said, well, I'm a coach, you know, so why don't we just do coaching? And so at first we started with four. Um, I started September 2018 and we started with just four clients. And that was um, three, I think three came from her, from the, from Keisha, from, uh, referrals from her and one came from Instagram. So we had our, you know, our new Instagram and she is our star, star client in eight months. This young lady, um, she was also from New York. Um, she was uh, divorced, a mom of two, co-parenting, working full time, going to school full time. And so she created a nutritional goal, finance goal, career goal, career slash education goal, and then home ownership. And she lived in a community that really um, was not very safe for her mm -hmm. and had some incidents. And, but thank God, you know, she was truly blessed because when I got, when I went to visit her the first time, I was scared to death. I was scared to leave <laughs> my car there. And I'm a New Yorker. and I've been in every yeah. urban, urban community in New York City out of, really out of all five boroughs. And so, um, but her apartment was beautiful. And she took care and concern and... She literally, we laid out her goals. She jumped right in, and within eight months, 
she lost weight, which was her nutritional goal. She's from, like I said, from El Salvador. So, um, Latin, Latina, you know, um, diet can be starchy, mm -hmm. could be greasy, a lot of fried stuff. So she changed the way she made her traditional meals. Um, she uh, had her finance goals. She wasn't really tracking her budget, and so she. I'm old school. I did. I'm, I'm a notebook queen. My friends know I have <laughs> notebooks for everything. So she um, applied the same thing. So she created a notebook to track her spending habits, was able to change her spending habits, start saving money online um, through an online program. I think it was called Acorn. And then wanted to look into home ownership because we were just talking about renting another place in a better community. Uh -huh. And um, next thing I know, I get a text message from her saying that she met with a loan officer and qualified for a mortgage. And I'm like, What? And she put in an offer for a house. That one fell through. Within a couple of weeks, she sends me a message. I put in an offer, and I got accepted. And I'm like, what? That's so great. So she purchased her first home, and so she's in um, Lancaster. And, um, and then she just graduated in May with her bachelor's degree. She jumped right into her master's degree. And so she's getting her master's degree in um, both her bachelor's and master's will be in mental health counseling and um, her goal is to become a therapist so she's going straight into her doctoral program uh, once she's finished her master's degree and she wants to um, be able to serve the Latino community um, which is uh, underserved as far as people um, um, born and raised uh, in any Latin American country mm -hmm. and so she is just hitting she hit the ground running and she said for her she was so focused on her weaknesses and so angry about how her life took a turn and unfortunately her husband was she was married and her husband was adulterous and um, he's marrying the woman and so it was very hard for her yeah but once she was able to sit down and write out her goals she said, you know, I'm someone that I know how to apply things, but she was so stuck. Mm -hmm. And that's the mom that we're looking for. We're looking for the working class mom um, who is trying to make ends meet, keep her head above water, but really is um, lacking support, lacking know-how, resources, um, sometimes just stuck and living um, in an um, in a, in a income range where they are one incident, one accident, one illness away from being in a crisis situation mm -hmm. and may not qualify for services um, because of their income if income is a requirement. And so our program is totally free and it's worth really, there. it's a 12-month program. These ladies are getting well over $50,000 worth of services between group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. So for every week they get one-on-one -on -one coaching, they're assigned to a coach, and we have some amazing volunteers. We have four coaches right now that have volunteered to support us for the next year. Um, and there are four six-week seminar series in life, health, wealth, and home ownership. Okay. And so we just finished our life component last Saturday, and we have two-week breaks in between just so that they can work with their coach um, diligently on their goals and review the previous um, curriculum and then jump into the next topic. So on August 1st, the health um, component starts and then um, Wingate University, uh, we have the finance students and the math students and I think there might be a psychology student who is going to um, Re re revise, you know, maybe revamp a an existing financial literacy curriculum, mm -hmm. and they will facilitate that six-week program. And so I just ask, you know, that it, they make it creative and fun and have worksheets and things like that. We have a core group of women. Um, we have f 15 women, and we have a core group of about six that are consistent with staying, um, coming to, attending class, mm -hmm. staying connected to their coaches, and, um, and they are they, they're a person like myself, you know, I was a, um, a single mom in New York and going to school full time, working full time, trying to make heads, you know, make ends meet and um, dealing with life stressors. My daughter was injured at 14 and lost a vision in her right eye. I had a car accident after that and my body was just breaking down. That's how I left New York mm -hmm. to, to just come to a different area and just live a different lifestyle. 
and these are the same kind of moms like they came ready the first day of class notebooks pens listening you know asking questions participating and so we're just looking for more women that we can support and help that's um experiencing the same thing especially during this pandemic yeah. i can imagine all the stressors that people are experiencing um whether it's anxiety or depression and um you know, now if they have younger children becoming a teacher and homeschooling children, <laughs> I could never have imagined what that would be like. Right. But, you know, just really be there as a support system for them, um, help hold them accountable to their goals. Because, like I said, when I moved to Charlotte, if it wasn't for this counselor who asked me what would my ideal life look like, and I didn't have a clue what she was talking about, and she gave me a giant post-it note, and she said, write it out. I'm like, like in a summary? She's like, no, just put it in bullets. And when I wrote it out, I realized this stuff has been floating in my head for years. Uh -huh. But because I never had it written down, there was no focus on it. And so, you know, like it says in the Bible, you know, write your vision and make it plain. Having it written out and having someone to say, hey, you can do this. You can, you can achieve this. You know, put their foot in your back gently and say, nope, we're not going to let you stop. Let's keep it going. Let's keep moving. You're almost there. So that they can then in turn teach their children these same things. And hopefully they won't experience, you know, life in this manner. And that they could, you know, be successful one at a younger age. And just make different choices. Because oftentimes the choices we make are generational. Mm -hmm. Or just lack of our, well, generational and all. Because it's, sometimes it's just our families lacked this information and information is changing so often that we have to learn to keep up, you know, with the Joneses in the sense of resources and information and how to, you know, get better at just living. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your coaching program for single mothers, um, mm -hmm. some of the goals. You've also listed kind of how it's been done so far, but how do women sign up for this? How do they get involved once they hear about it? So we are in our branding and marketing mode right now, so we don't <laughs> have a website. Uh, well, we actually are part of the Trinity Wellness Community, Out Community Cares website, but people are confusing us because our names are so close. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process of um, interviewing marketing companies to do that. But they can email me at k.watts, that's k.w-a-t-t-s, at trinitywellness, c as in cat, c as in cat, dot com. Um, and email me that you're interested in the coaching program. And then I, you'll get a whole slew of emails <laughs> <laughs> on um, how to register, you know, the registration form, a recruitment flyer. Um, all the ladies who have been a part of the program and the coaches have been wonderful about submitting, you know, just sending out the flyer to their social media accounts, um, friends, you know, colleagues. And because we're looking for that typical working mom, someone who might work in retail, a call center, health and wellness, um, hospital, you know, health care, mm -hmm. um, any any industry. Um, we are actually narrowing it down a little bit um, so that we have a specific target audience. So we're not talking about that high risk community that would qualify for a lot of uh, Department of Social Services programs. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about that person that's really self-sufficient that could afford to go on an expensive vacation or has thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank. We're talking about that missing community in the middle that has fallen into the gap that oftentimes just do it on their own and try to, you know, put their big girl, big girl panties on and do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And we don't want you to do it by yourself. We want you to have that support and someone you can say, hey, like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to think. I don't know where to look for it. Because when you get stressed like that, I, I've experienced it, you get paralyzed. You can't think straight. You can't think properly. You know, oftentimes that's where unfortunate, it's unfortunate where abuse and neglect um, to their children come into, pl come into play. I, when I was separate, when I became separated, I had three family members in the hospital. We had one family member to pass away and my ex-husband decided mm, he didn't want to be married. This oh. was all in a three month period. My goodness. And so I would come home from work. I would function at work every day, but there were times where I would 
have to walk outside, go in the bathroom, burst into tears, close my office door and just cry. And I'd come home, feed my daughter, do homework, and I would get in the bed. And we don't want them to feel like that's their only, you know, option, their only outlet. Like, I, I really wanted to just crawl in the closet and yeah. cry and shut the world out. And um, I just came out of it. God really put some amazing people in my um, in my life at the time. I was attending two churches and, you know, people that were connected to my family that all of a sudden I became connected to. Well, we want to help you make that connection. Because sometimes, you again, especially in this pandemic, you might not want to go to a therapist, but, you know, we highly encourage, if you're feeling that bad, then you need to um, seek professional help. And we have those resources as well. But we're here to say, hey, like, you're doing this so well. Like, you still have a roof over your head. You know, you have your job and you're getting paid, but let's look at your budget, you know. Maybe your budget just needs to be altered a little bit. And, um, and that's what we did with our star client. And, you know, she, when her kids are with her, she realized she was spending so much money trying to entertain them and go <laughs> out and do things. And I said, okay, well, you can still do that, but let's look at free and low cost activities online. Let your children sit and look on the computer with you and say, oh, there's this free puppet show going on in the park. There's this outdoor concert, take them with their bikes and they can go ride their bike here. And they have some vendors out here and then show them some reasonable um options for um lunch you know that's a a place that they select and pick and i i said listen put it in a notebook i said let them you know plan it all out in advance and so that way you know this week i need this amount of money the next week how about we go out and we can spend some money on an activity but we're going to come back home and you have all the ingredients to make lunch or to make a snack or treats and whatever and then you know their reward is the time spent with you and they're still getting out and meeting people and experiencing life and then you come home i said and then while you're watching tv i mean you're studying they're watching tv and let them create their own snacks yeah and then they're sitting there you don't have to send them to a separate room you're sitting right there with them in the living room you're still working away but you're they and they can turn around and see mom right there and they're excited because they they made their own popcorn balls or whatever, you know, or their own jello with little snacks and things in it. You know, I said, there's just so many different things that could help save you money and then put that money away, mm-hmm. you know. And now she's investing. I'm like, goodness, what? That, like, she really is a star. That's she wonderful. is a star. She is such a star. And she bought a, a beautiful little ranch. She has a little coffee cabinet Aww. and a cart and everything. And she's gardening. And these are all the things. What she has done is she is literally, if we could put a name and a face to our ideal client, it would be her. Absolutely. I mean, gardening is something we want to do with the moms because we want to encourage them. Um, the founder, Keisha Barnes, is at, she's very heavy. She's actually a, holistic, a certified holistic health coach as well. Cool. She um, has a farm here in Monroe, and she um, only eats organic. And um, down the line, we want to have a community garden um, or partner with a community garden so that women can learn to um, grow their own vegetables and fruit and that money that they would have normally spent in a supermarket um they can apply toward their their um savings um and or because the kids are involved in the process if their children are involved in the gardening process they'll be more um open to eating the things that they they grew like wow i grew this let me taste it you know and find and help you know let's look for a recipe to, to make this with and then that's family time. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what our parents d- did in, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Kids who, ra- who were raised in rural or, sub- um, or suburban communities that um, had to, you know, mow the lawn or plant flowers or build, you know, um, a garden. They had, they, this is what they did. Like, I know I, grandparents and great-grandparents of family and fr- friends who's like, my. I have a grandmother who she's healthier than all of her children <laughs> and that's because she grew up in rural north carolina she grew up in trenton north carolina yeah and she you know ate healthier 
you know, lived a different lifestyle, very active mm-hmm. compared to her children. And literally, like, she is in her right mind. She's 96, I think, now. My goodness, that's awesome. In her right mind, active, mobile, and doesn't have the health issues that every single one of her children have, mm-hmm. you know. And so we want to just really help these ladies to, you know, um, feel just great at being a mom, feel great at the choices that they make, and um, just, and then give back. Like, Jessica is just excited about being able to mentor some of the ladies um, as her school, <laughs> schooling gets, you know, gets, um, gets on the way. She's just adjusting now to her um, graduate program. But to be a mentor to the moms and saying, like, you can do this, like, don't stop. And, and it's and it's hard because we do have some moms who sort of fallen off. And I wish that we had the opportunity to really get out and stop by, ring your doorbell and say, yeah. hey, like, you know, we really we're really here for you. Um, but because of the pandemic, too. So we're not just local. The majority of our clients come from North Carolina in the Charlotte and surrounding area. Mm-hmm. But um, because of the pandemic and we went virtual, we have clients in North Carolina, D.C., New York, and Mississippi. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So we're really excited about that because that was our long-term vision to expand into other cities um, and um, connect and network in those cities. So now it's like, okay, wow, we have people in these different areas. You know, um, this week is this week I actually spent some time trying to connect with people in those different areas so that they have their local support. Yeah. And um, so we're growing pretty fast and furious this past year. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, with growth comes some new involvements and new um, mm-hmm. connections. So let's talk about how you got involved with the CCG then. How did your partnership mm-hmm. with us start? So um, Catherine was um, a speaker at the Thrive Union Poverty Coalition, which I serve on the steering committee for the Coordination of Services um, Committee, and she was one of the guest speakers. And so I have been dying, and I hate to use that word, but I have just been so eager to connect and partner with the college, but not knowing how to go about it, where to start, where to begin, what school. And when she presented, I just sat there in amazement. I'm like, she is the first person I'm going to speak to once we do a break. (laughs) And um, I just, I was like, already gearing up my thought process to get in, say what I have to say, because I just thought the table would have been swarmed with people, especially when she said that, you know, that you have a program here where students can assist in research and helping nonprofit organizations write um, grant proposals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, that's what (laughs) I want. I need that help because I wrote grants back in New York. And actually, my first grant, I got $161,000 for an organization that was part of our network. And um, and then when I worked in adolescent services, um, I managed 10 grants. And so written grants, managed the contracts and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I could do this. Well, times have changed and it's more competitive. Mm-hmm. And so I we, we submitted about 14 grants, anywhere from $500 upwards of six figures Mm -hmm. and but we just don't have enough we didn't at the time didn't have enough outcomes with just four moms and so that's how i created uh, the next program which just started this past june which is um, our goal was 20 moms so we hit 16 we actually had 17 but then one fell off but um, our goal was to have group and individual uh, coaching throughout the year and continue to recruit um, moms to keep that attendance up. So now we're trying to just keep an, a consistent 15 in program. And so when Catherine was presenting, I was like, oh my God. So when I went over there, I went to speak to some other people. When I came back there, there was only one lady at the table. I was like, yes. <laughs> and so um, she, I told her what, what, I, what I do. And it was um, right before the Root Summit. Yeah. And so she mentioned the Root Summit, asked if I had been at the summit the year before. And I'm like, no, this is all new to me. And so um, offered an invitation for me to attend. I was like, most definitely. She gave me the date. I was like, there's nothing on my calendar that day. I want to be there. And then... um, I, you know, came that day and I, the weather was horrible that day. It was. It, it was, was a so nightmare. bad. <laughs> oh my God, it was so cold and wet and rainy. And, but I was like, there's no way I'm not going. I said, because I have to see like how I can make this connection. And I was just blown away. I think that was great that there were so many students there. 
um, the presentations. The one that blew me away because it's just urban planning and development is just also another interest of mine. The I think it was economic students. Yep. Um, that the presented economic impact of the school. Yes. Yep. And um, that project they had with uh, the this town of Wingate and Matthews, and I live in Matthews, and I just sat there and I'm like, what? <laughs> and when they explained that project, I'm like, oh my god, yes. And then the young lady Taylor, that was at our table. She was just so on it, you know, keeping everything organized and everybody on task for our questions during the, the our our you know um, Q and A and reflect um, reflection uh, portion of the summit. So I talked to her afterwards, and she told me about you. Yep. And then um, I got the opportunity to speak to you, and I was just like, oh my god, but did not expect, oh my god, to be oh my god, <laughs> you know, once once finally talking with Catherine because she actually was on I think a month or two later um, she was on a Thrive Union um, virtual meeting mm -hmm. and she started sending me private messages oh we need to connect and so we connected did a zoom conference she brought in the Dean of the School of Business and um, I forgot who it was another professor on at that time um, either Dr. Stowe or Dr. Schwartz it was actually probably. Dr. Stowe it was Dr. Stowe, and um, it was just an amazing meeting. And it's we so our connection has grown from students facilitating, you know, um, revising and facilitating the financial literacy component to um, now the um, occupy um, Nitty Douglas con contacted me, and the occupational therapy doctoral students will do some work with the moms on um, learning developmental stages of children's, I think it's, I think we said zero to two years old, um, appropriate toys and play activities. And because I, I wanted them to be able to offer the moms some information, some resources on things that they can do with their kids. Because most of our moms have younger children. We have a few that have um, older children and young adults, but um, most have either infants or toddlers or mm -hmm. preschoolers or whatever and so I'm excited about that and then one of the donors at the, at the school would love for us to come out to their property to do the leadership project and it's just like every time I turn I'm like oh my gosh this is great this is amazing <laughs> and I actually had our I was telling our nonprofit consultant and she said well how did you how did this happen did, are you an alumni of the school? I was like, no, and that's the crazy thing. I didn't. I've never even been on the campus before up until now. Once mm -hmm. until the Root Summit, I've passed it, you know, numerous times. I said, and always as I pass, I'm like, wow, this is a really nice school out in the country, <laughs> right? That was when I first came to view it. I was like, this is this beautiful little oasis in this yes. tiny little town. I actually literally have a friend that right outside of the sign, she lives up that block. Oh yeah, she's like the second house in, and I, every time I used to go to her house, I'm like, hmm, I need to really spend some time and look up that school. And so I love the fact that it's. The very service learning based. Yes. Um, I would have loved that when I was in school because I didn't really learn about service learning until I worked in mental health. Mm -hmm. um, many of the contracts we had were very service learning based and involved the community at large to be involved in, in providing internship opportunities, volunteer opportunities um, with the whole community center as well as with the individual programs. And so when Catherine said service learning, I was like, oh, yes, all for it can't wait you know how can how can we be involved um and now i'm just looking like okay how can i help y'all you know because <laughs> it, it's just every time we have a conversation it just the relationship just grows and grows and grows so it's just i'm really excited about what um the possibilities are about the possibilities here mm -hmm. um, you've mentioned a few things that students can do to contribute to your program but what are your goals moving forward and what are some other ways students on the campus could get involved if they're interested so right now we have the um, students that are going to create the um, financial literacy curriculum so that's one project research is definitely still a need even though we have a nonprofit consultant once I told her you know there's potentially opportunity to have some students 
do some research and then work have them work with her on finding the best grant opportunities for us to apply to because it it is so competitive now literally most of the grants that i've applied to that have replied back have had anywhere from 200 to 400 applicants mm -hmm. so how do we stand out and that's why we're working really hard to try to find a good marketing company right now and to have this nonprofit consult to come on board and um and then tie the school back in so it's that financial literacy project uh Dr. Lappin, um, also, we're supposed to connect because we don't really have a group component built out for the spring um, from like January to June and offered to sit and work with us. So that's another, that's a third opportunity mm -hmm. to look at what can we offer in the, in the spring and early part of the summer that will complement what, what the moms have um, already gone through. So we're interested in keeping the, the, the the format the same four six six week um, components so we think that's manageable mm -hmm. but maybe the content is just very different and very creative and for those who are local to maybe um, be able to to partake in some of the activities that are in the community whether it's you know coming to volunteer at the community garden here excuse me or um that the occupational therapy part, if I remember correctly, I think will not take place until the spring. Mm -hmm. So that'll be another component. And um, we have quite a few other nonprofits that are um, uh, partnering with us. Um, we have about four or five now. And then how do we come together and just educate the community on what's available to them? Um, part of Thrive Union um, is that mission to connect the community with the services that they need, identifying this, the, the right services, what's already here, where there are gaps in services. I'm glad that we filled, that we're filling a gap that um, I don't think anyone else has really um, has touched before. Mm -hmm. And that um, and that we um, are able to coordinate the services so that from the time that a mom comes through the program from, from the starting, starting line, that there are significant milestones that they have achieved at the time that they complete the program and it, and not really a completion. Maybe they are involved in a different viewpoint instead of a client viewpoint, a mentor view, a, a viewpoint, um, or that they're able to give back to the community because of their own business, you know, adventures or, um, or just the other relationships and connections that they've made. So um, just helping us identify just very clear goals that the mothers can have, and that would be based on a lot on the research mm -hmm. um, that um, would you know potentially come out of the research project, and um, I, you know just identifying the resources, making the connections. A big part, of course, too, would be just to see what companies and corporations. Um, when I decided to go to grad school. Um, for business, um, one of the things that I used to do a lot of research just for my own sense was what companies um, give back to community. So what does their corporate social responsibility look like? So Wingate University, being a it's an independent institution, right? Yep. Um, loving uh, that's that service learning you know component. They're giving back bigger and larger than I you know you guys are give, doing that larger than I would have ever thought. So how do we say to the community, hey, this is what they're doing. These, this is what these organizations are doing. And I'm talking more so to the for-profit community. Like, this is where you really need to get involved. Um, when President Obama came into administration um, his, in his first term and had um, created that whole stimulus packet back in the day because it really impacted the programs I had in New York where we had a seven-week internship program for teens and young adults from 14 to 21 expanded it to 24 That's great. and so that was a great opportunity for those 21 to 24 year olds to work at places that they could um, potentially be hired long term so that's the same thing that I would like that if we're working with moms who are not where they really want to be in their professional life that there are corporations that we're partnered with that would open their doors to relationship building you know to, to build those re relationships so that they could connect to these moms for potential employment um just for um give back you know paying it forward 
it may be that there's a mom at that particular company that needs our help and we want to be able to be there and we want to include our partnerships so include Wingate University in the process because not only is it the students and the staff and faculty helping us but it may give an avenue for one of our moms who has a potential college student or a rising college student to say I didn't even think about Wingate because it's out in the country or whatever <laughs> but see the work that we're doing as a partner and say you know what this is a school I need to consider mm -hmm. or I like the fact that you know when we went on campus it's not an overwhelming massive campus like I could have never have gone to a university that was the whole town was a university mm -hmm. you know that would have been overwhelming for me but a campus like this that still looks like a just traditional campus you know maybe we have a teen that says yeah oh wow I really had fun coming on campus and doing a podcast or working on this project or going to the community garden or a walk on the campus or whatever you know for this particular fund and and decide to see what the programs are about and become a student you know mm -hmm. and it just as the relationships build those opportunities will grow it could even be for one of the moms yeah, it doesn't have absolutely. to be for her, her children you know um that's where you know i'm hoping that we could just really set really clear goals on what our relationship is going to be like and how we can continue to grow it and what goals we're looking at that impact on both sides you know and not just be one-sided i would hate for that to happen mm, absolutely mm -hmm. so you mentioned how moms who are interested in joining the program can get in touch mm -hmm. what about students um, but also community partners interested or anyone else who wants to get involved not only with the coaching program but with trinity wellness as a whole how would they reach out to you all so they can still email me as well to k.watts, W-A-T-T-S, at trinitywellnesc, as in cat, c as in cat, dot com. And um, they can call me at 917-435-7791. That's my personal cell. Um, since we're in this pandemic and on lockdown, um, we don't really have anyone at the office, so I'm, I, I haven't really been sharing the office number. But they can definitely email me if they're interested, um, whether it's to partner be um, become a, per, um, a client of the program, come and do a presentation, um, meet with their HR department. Um, if they want to help us with some fundraising opportunities, we would love it. We, we're definitely um, about to gear up and ramp up to start doing a lot of fundraising. We're doing, we, we have some little small projects going on, but we need to really ramp it up so that we can actually employ some um, people to work with us um, as coach coordinators, finance officer, um, marketing, um, administrative, uh, um, volunteer coordinator, IT specialist. I'm trying to think of all the jobs that we're <laughs> yeah, going to think about. Um, I just thought about since since speaking with uh, Nitty Douglas, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll, we should bring on someone who coordinates all the youth-based um, services. And so there's a potential for someone to coordinate um, with local companies and Wingate University and businesses to um, create all of the youth-based uh, components because I want the moms to sometimes feel like they could bring their kids to an activity and it's safe and it's going to be fun mm -hmm. and that they're going to enjoy themselves and have an experience that they can go back and share or a, an experience where both moms and children are working together in some fun activities and just have a great learning experience and so um, we are looking for anyone and everyone who has a heart to just serve people you know absolutely mm -hmm. well this is amazing and I'm so excited to work with you on all of oh, these projects thank you, yes. coming We're up. excited to work with you as well yeah and thanks mm -hmm. for coming on the podcast today it'll be super exciting to post this so everybody oh, can great. hear it thank anything you. else that you would like to add in for our listeners um, we are in the process of um, looking for uh, additional board members and what we're looking for is someone who has um, a passion for our mission and our mission basically is that Trinity Wellness Community Outreach holistically supports single mothers in creating economic success through um, their participation in our coaching program and we have four topic areas life health wealth and home ownership and um, 
give it, 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 this is an opportunity to have them take back their new beliefs back into their community and share them with their family as well. And so if you can play a part in that and you have um, other community ties, corporate ties, and of course, financial ties, um, <laughs> you would be an ideal candidate. We meet once a month on the third Wednesday in the evening of every month. And so we are looking for new board members in particularly that may have some financial, we have a treasurer, but we need some other finance people. Mm -hmm. um, we need um, some other people that may have some other like uh, technical, like IT skills. Um, and it could be creative and not as technical as not programming or anything like that. But someone who can help us with like creating the best, you know, presentations. Um, maybe someone that could help us to uh, host our website those kinds of things. So um, with those skills, definitely contact me and um, I'll be very eager to set up a meeting for us to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, in the meantime, stay tuned for some more exciting Against the Grain episodes where we focus on sowing the seeds of change in Eastern Union County. Bye.